Hello, good evening, good afternoon, or good morning. Welcome to French Football Weekly, the podcast. I am your host, Chris, as usual, and I'm joined tonight by two of our regulars. Good evening, first of all, to Phil. How are you, Phil? Uh, well, I have a cold. Apologies in advance for any coughing and spluttering. Ah, oh, that's all fine. It adds to the atmosphere. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, the man who's got more holiday than is needed is <laughs> Smith. You're right, Jess? Yeah, no, bad thanks. Good, good, good. Uh, for those wondering what the hell we're all about, uh, Jez is desperately trying to find some uh, some time to take that he has off at work. So we're uh, we've decided we're just going to lock him in a room and treat him to gang home games back to back for twenty three hours solid. So that's the punishment he gets. Right, um, slightly shorter show this week, mainly because not much has happened. Uh, anyone who follows French football closely will probably know that last weekend's protests uh, in the uh, in the French capital kind of uh, eliminated a lot of the games therefore uh, we only had four of them so we're going to give you the results just because obviously there were some games played and then we're going to talk a little bit about the two Champions League clubs or the two left should we say in the Champions League we're going to focus on them tonight's show so uh, on Saturday the games that were played Gangomp lost again uh, in a game they really couldn't really afford to lose but did they lost 2-1 at home to Amiens uh, Gnore with the opener Dido with the equaliser Mendoza's late winner for Amiens securing the points and Turam Jr sent off not ideal either uh, Ren continued their uh, Fresh approach under Julia Stefan, who's uh, just been given the job on a permanent basis today. So mm-hmm. congratulations to him. Uh, Tuna win over Dijon, uh, Benjamin Bourigaud, and uh, some bloke called Ben Arthur. He'll never make it. Uh, he got the second and Tuna win for the home side. And on Sunday, we also had two fixtures. Strasbourg and Khan played out a thriller of a 2-2 draw. Martinez putting the home side in front before Far equalised for Khan. Matiba put Strasbourg back in front for Kalui's late leveller. With ten minutes to go, and there was um, a there was a later penalty ruled out yes. by Barb as well, which uh, which looked like it was to me. But still. Well, yeah, one of those weird. It was one of those. Was one of those, but it wasn't given. Uh, so it ended two two, and rather surprisingly, Lille dropping points at home, and they nearly dropped all three, but they managed to claim one from Ram. Uh, Udin had put the away side in front. It took a 94th minute penalty from Nicolas Pepe, who else, to secure a point for a slightly off-colour Lille. Um, they remain in second as a result of that point at home. Uh, we don't 100% know what's happening with the fixtures this coming weekend. Yeah, uh, um, um, as it stands, uh, we think we may get seven matches. Yes, we have one that's already it, gone, haven't we? No, no. Um, so Nice Saint Etienne is remporté, Nantes Montpellier is remporté, Caen Toulouse is remporté, and the Marseille Prefecture have put in a request that their match, which is the Sunday night game against Bordeaux, should also be put off. So we're probably looking at six because I can't see the LFP arguing with the prefecture who are dealing, as they put it, with forces of order needed on multiple fronts. Yeah, indeed. So so we might get Leon Monaco. That's probably the highlight then. Um, we, we, I, no news on that as yet, but who the hell knows what's going to happen tomorrow? It's a shame, actually, because it's a quite a good week. Nice and Etienne Olympic, Marseille, Bordeaux, Dijon, PSG would be interesting given PC- PSG's week. Nîmes Lille might be fun. Uh, Gangon oh, Ren might be, be fun. Yeah. yeah, it's a shame. But uh, hey ho, 
that is what it is. So, um, and, and this means that at present we're looking at five teams going to go into Christmas with two games not played. Mm. Two. Um, Midweek the, ahoy. The, the, the game 17 postponements have are planned for mid-January, but apparently PSG are supposed to be in Qatar on a stage oh, yeah. at that point. I'm like, why the hell is that happening? Um, so nobody's quite sure when these matches will be moved to, but it could be mid-February. So mm. anybody attempting to, for example, keep track of results in a dynamic stats dashboard is really quite confused about what's going on right now. Yeah, fun times for for us all. But we'll we'll of course endeavour to keep you abreast of what we know when we know it, if we know it. Um, but hey, let's uh, let's have sort of a, essentially a, a grande bash show about one topic instead, just to keep your uh, your earballs warm for this period of time. Uh, so we're going to talk PSG and Lyon. We should stress we are recording this half an hour before Lyon kickoff. Uh, so apologies. In advance, when Leon have won 14-3 next week, uh, this will all be out of date, so apologies. But yes, we are going to talk about their campaign as a whole pre their game away at Shakhtar. Uh, but we're going to talk PSG first of all. Um, Jez, did you manage to watch the entire game PSG last night or did you just kind of catch highlights in amongst everything else that was going on? Jez, you may want to unmute your microphone. Aha. Jez has gone quiet. Or Jez has been called away to uh, a delivery or something. Ah. Right. Um, Phil, <laughs> so, I know well, you didn't get fair, to see it because you saw... Yeah, I, I, I was watching Liverpool Napoli mm. because, you know, the drama. Um, no, but it was, it was good. Obviously, PSG won 4-1 um, away at Svernesvesda with um, goals from Cavani, Neymar, Marquinhos and Mbappe, which is a nice mix, really, mm. when you think about it. Um, Marquinhos getting in getting in there. Um, they were again playing, you know, this time they were playing uh, four at the back, as far as I can tell, um, and it was a, you know, a, a strong squad, but Buffon goal again this time. So, yeah, PSG actually doing it and looking looking good yeah in that situation so they top the group i'm trying to do the maths now um with 11 points and that uh away defeat at liverpool in the first game um they've only kind of major setback although they didn't manage to beat napoli but uh you know they look they look all right and um something that uh somebody uh was mentioning about Neymar, he was getting kicked all over the place, but was getting up and getting on with it. So mm. it's like, what? How? He, he really yeah. did. He, he really can, did. He, he can do it when he has to. It's a, I kind of feel like it's a bit like um, Eden Hazard used to do this. Like, mm. if he was kicked, sometimes he'd go down and sometimes he'd just keep running. And mm. you could tell it was always, for him, a calculation. Um, is it better to go down or to stay up? And he could do it when he had had to, if you mm. if you see what I mean. And I'm not because, like I say, I didn't see it. But does Neymar do the same thing? Does he think, well, 
if I'm being kicked, but I'd be better off keeping going and keeping running because they're all distracted. You know, what's the, maybe it does show a little, there's a little bit more to him than just the diving and the rolling around. Although yeah. Jeremy is back now, so maybe he has a view on that. Cool. Yes. Uh, Jez, I just wanted to ask you, I, I presume, well, I, I, I rather presumptuously presume, shall we say, but did you manage to see the whole PSG game last night? Um, very sort of thorough professional performance. They won 4-1, as, as Phil was just saying there, looked in control the whole way through. And in a group that when it was drawn, a lot of eyes were on them. They've done the necessary, and, and not just that, they've now won the group, which doesn't necessarily guarantee you a quote-unquote easier draw, given the way teams are performing this year, but it gives them a, a fairly good shot of at least getting a, a favourable draw in terms of what they could have got had they finished second. Yeah, you'd hope so. Last year, they finished top of the group and got Real Madrid next round, and by we finished second, basically got a free pass to the semi-finals, so... Um, they're owed a little bit of luck in terms of draws. Um, yeah, in terms of how the group went, they, they didn't start the phase well at all and were sort of saved a couple of times by um, sort of individual pieces of genius. But the last two matches, they, they've absolutely set us up. And whereas I think I said in the previous podcast that, um, you know, it's all very well doing it at home to, to Liverpool where it's quite easy to, to get up for such a match. Doing it um, in Serbia, who haven't lost either of, of their, their home matches so far, and, um, you know, where the, the fans can be pretty intimidating, is a different matter. Um, I wasn't 100% convinced that they'd be able to do it, or certainly not as comfortably as they did. Um, yeah, they were, they were excellent, and they sort of weathered a, a bit of a tough patch just before and just after Red Star's goals early in the second half. Um, it would have been interesting to see how they'd have reacted had, had Red Star equalised, but for, for 90% of the match, when uh, PSG were well on top and, and absolutely deserved the win. Um, mm. And as Phil was saying, I thought Neymar was absolutely fantastic. It's not... Um, I, what she said about Hazard, I don't think he necessarily always calculates. I think often he just simply goes down and it can be frustrating. Um, but she said he kind of put up with, with um, all, the, all the flack that he got, which, you know, but, um, I don't have any issues with that. That's, that's how lots of teams play. And um, if that's how, that, how he gets stopped and the other team can get away with it, and, and fine. But rather than sort of play acting, rolling about and all that kind of thing. He got up, he got on with it, he even smiled a couple of times and, and he was fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, although I have to say, and I know I'm going to get criticised, you know, why do you always find fault with PSG and what have you got against the club too? I actually thought it was in that pace to turn to be quite a disgrace in terms of the players from yesterday. Um, mm. Yet, you know, it was in, I felt that it, in some ways it was a little bit like the, the Lyon match where for a lot of the time, I thought he didn't play particularly well. Um, and you know, against me, I played badly for an hour and ended up scoring four goals on this one. I thought for, for on and off, he, he was wasting good chances. Um, yet, he still ended up with two assists and a goal. Um, although, statistically, possibly that might look better than Neymar. I thought Neymar was definitely the class player in this one. Mm. And mm. interestingly, Buffon, yet again, 
Guy Mowbray says, um, you know, it's quite a steep in trade so it's not that bad because quite a case he didn't have anything to do against Liverpool either. Um, you know, the fact that PSG come out for two tough games like that, again, they continue in both, but that the keeper had so little to, to do in both matches really goes well. Yeah. Phil, you wanted to come in there? No, I'm just saying that it's kind of, um, it di- didn't feel like a banana skin. This felt felt like quite a routine, a routine win in that it followed the stats. There was no great difference from what you'd expect. The XG had them winning 3 to 0.4. The possession was 70-30. The shots were 15-7. On target was 9-3. I mean, they just did a job here. Um, and while, you know, there were some, some excellent moments, it it was like they didn't have to rely on them this time. Um, so I think that's useful. One thing I just thought was interesting is we've now seen for you know, quite a long time, Tuchel is using Marquinhos as a defensive midfielder which is interesting. Obviously, he got a goal this week, but he's having played centre-back and right-back and been switched between the two, which we all thought was playing in his right position over the past couple of seasons, he's now playing in, uh, as a DM and doing really well. Um, and that's something that I'm just wondering, either of you, if you think this is, in a sense, the answer to the long-running question about PSG and their midfield uh, defensive and central midfield situation. Is Marquinhos now setting his stall up as a, as a DM to, 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 to help them out on that front? Because that seems to be Tuchel's plan. It seems to be working. But does this imply something for maybe potential marketing in January that Otherwise, we'd think they'd be looking for some replacements. What do you think of that, Jess? Because <clears throat> my sort of view on that generally is that I look at that midfield and I think, <clears throat> excuse me, if, if PSG had a, what I would call a, a genuine uh, high-quality partner for Verratti on a, on a long-term basis, that team would almost be perfect. I think there would be an argument for the, the full-backs to be improved. Well, certainly one side to be improved, but... Um, Marquinhos is doing a job there. He's doing a very good job there. But beyond that, you're looking at Verratti plus him. Otherwise, you, you're kind of looking at Lasana Diara, who I, I think is possibly now working yeah, on a market stall. Yeah, um, I think he's been Hassan Ben Alford. Um, there isn't anybody else there. I mean, I, and I look at what's available, given the sort of money they can't spend at the moment. Is somebody like a, I don't know, somebody like a Cesc Fabregas, for example, would he improve them? Somebody who's on a, you know, a contract who, who could easily get out of where he is now, or are you like Phil says? Are you, I mean, are you happy with the Marquinhos situation, playing out of possession or out of position? Sorry, but decent in possession. Uh, I'm not unhappy, but I'm not totally happy with it either. By all accounts, he's not necessarily either. I mean, he much prefers playing centre back, and whereas he might not sort of glance like. Rabio does. Um, I think he, yeah, I think he has sort of intimated that he's not particularly enamoured with playing in that position. He's done okay in it. I think there's, there's been a couple of matches as well, both in Liga and in the Champions League, where he's been pretty poor. I think he's talented and intelligent enough that he will improve, but I'm still slightly wary about um, about him playing there 
later stages of the competition against really top quality teams. So it remains to be seen, and I'd still rather, I mean, even if they're going to start with Marquinhos there, I'd still rather that they have backup there. And, you know, the, the money thing is, yes, it's an issue, but you know, they still found 40 million or whatever it was to spend on them. And uh, carer, so uh, it's not an, an entire excuse, and it's still, you know, it really does at times feel like they're not allowed to cost them at Real Madrid, and when they got rid of McAlady, I do still think that a defensive midfielder, even if not that absolute top class in the world, is better than none. Um, so, yeah, not absolutely convinced. Okay, fair enough. Well, as we said, I do want to move on to Leon in a second. But as we said, PSG have indeed qualified, um, much to the uh, much to the annoyance of a lot of particularly British media. Where have we said that before? Um, I want to ask you both, um, Jez. I'll stick with you first of all, just in terms of of what this means. I'm just going to ask you a straightforward question on on this one. A lot of people have have called me out and said, "How can you?" support which is the wrong word how can you support psg look at what they do but yet you slag off man city um yes i do 100 percent. i'm not going to deny that i have my reasons i'm not going to change them but this isn't about me so what in if if anything in your opinion makes psg's project different to manchester city's or do you see them as exactly the same um at risk of name dropping um drop away <laughs> A few years ago, I interviewed Philippe Auclair, and he was very down on PSG and very up on Man City and saying that the difference is that Man City are doing a hell of a lot more in terms of sort of regenerating the area. Um, you know, so I suppose in a, in a kind of not non-football sense, they were doing more for Manchester. Um, I can't comment, to be honest, on whether that's true or not of PSG. Um, but from a purely footballing perspective, honestly, I, I really don't see much difference. Um, I think they're both um, probably underachievers, both of whom have been extremely lucky enough to have been bought out, both of whom by rather distasteful Middle Eastern regimes, um, both of whom have to an extent sort of ruined their domestic league as a competition, um, both of whom can just sign whoever they want, both of whom probably have... Um, maybe possibly have done certain things to, to get away with breaking certain rules um, and both of whom have, have massively underachieved in Europe so far. The main difference actually is that Man City's project has been going on for quite a bit longer so frankly I think their, their core European record is actually more worthy of criticism than PSG's. Um, I think the only difference probably is, uh, it probably comes down to how you feel about the individual players or in the case of the coach, um, or you know, which sort of league you, you kind of are more drawn to or kind of support on a European level. Um, I think there's lots to like about both teams and lots to dislike about both teams. Um, so, you know, for me personally, I just happen to, I like Guardiola and I like a lot of City's players. Generally, I like Tuchel and I like a lot of PSG's players, although there are a couple that I do find quite distasteful. But yeah, on the whole, I find the, the two things very similar. And I know I've mentioned them on in quite a few times. To have people like Barry Blondening, um, you know, ex 
installing all the virtues of City and absolutely slating PSG at every opportunity is ridiculous. And I, you know, particularly, I thought he looked absolutely ridiculous last year when he was asked about it, and he said, and all he could say was, "Well, City play better football." <laughs> I, I just don't think that's fair, and uh, I think that possibly came after the Barcelona match. And yeah, of course, they imploded in the second match, but you cannot, you cannot say that they didn't play good football. No. Beating Barcelona in that in the first leg four 0 and so you know I just I think it comes down to personal preference and personal prejudice. And I yeah. I may be slightly biased here, but I personally don't find Man City very entertaining at all. Personally, that's just my personal view. Um, you know this whole pass, 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 sideways, backwards, forwards thing. I just find it dull. Um, but that's me. The question I want to ask you, Phil, in and around the same argument is. People say you know, PSG have got no history, you know, um, and and this is this is the whole issue, and and that how can you sort of back a team that can go out and, and buy anyone is is the classically thrown around argument, which which in itself is is completely incorrect because rightly or wrongly we know that there are sanctions going on, we, and we know that they've probably taken a gamble that that has paid off for now, but might not long term. Um, but this this is kind of my issue with it. It's not buying success is it because you they can't just buy anybody because whether you like it or not they're still in the french league but they're still they, in the league they could do they could if 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 sanctions they, allowed them to they didn't and now they're being sanctioned um mm. i think i'd agree with a lot of what Chess has said that i wouldn't also uh, see much difference in financial or ownership terms between psg and man city it comes down to as he says, uh, a kind of what's your feeling about the coach and the players? And a lot of people watching it, Pep, Gu- however much Tuchel is a good manager, Pep Guardiola is Pep Guardiola. And there is a slight difference that the PSG squad does appear to have the occasional, shall we say, dressing room pram toy tossing incident which doesn't appear to be coming out of man city so it's like you know sergio guerrero is it seems like a lovely chap and scores lots of goals as opposed to neymar who is a diving cheating whinging little sod who spends millions on his birthdays and scores but then, lots of goals but the no, no, that's my <laughs> that's kind of my um Fabinho. Uh, yes, um, extreme extrapolation of what people feel about that. So I think the Manchester City team possibly seems just more likable. You know, they've got an injury-prone ginger playing in midfield. You know, whereas PSG have got Rabio, whose mother seems to be, you know, like the baddie from a St. Trinian's movie. It's, it comes down to that. I think, the perception of whether they are doing well or badly. And bear in mind, Man City aren't top at the moment. Liverpool no. are. Mm. Uh, whereas PSG are squints. 13 points clear after 16 or 17 games, depending on which you know round you're in at the moment. But then another way of looking at it is that <laughs> until this weekend, they had identical records. Yeah, and 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 um, the, the other argument so I have it's, is it's the rest of the league. In yeah, Ligue 1. It's not which, their fault. They're in. They're in France, is it? But also, Monaco won. Mm. <laughs> oh, you know, and now they're nineteenth. It's just weird. 
at the mm. moment. It's weird and unsettling and whatever. Mm. But yes, I want to see PSG do well in Europe because there is a certain degree of wanting to stick it to the people who say, oh, Farmers League, whatever, whatever. No, no, no. It's not. It's not. Yeah, exactly. But also, on the point about history, um, you know, I love history as, an, as much as the next person did it, but I love the as part of my degree. But history isn't everything, and it's not PSG's fault, but PSG were invented, were formed the year after City won the Euro, their only European trophy. Yeah. You know, they, to be fair, they have won a European trophy more often. They have won, um, I think, probably more, more leagues since um, to, um, during that period than, than, than City had. What does what does history mean? You know, a Chelsea. Mm. Are we now saying Chelsea have got history just because? They've had yeah. money for a little bit longer. Yeah. Mm. Around Madrid, Madrid, live on the past. Yeah, around yeah. Madrid, they have more heritage, but they still do it all. Bars. You know, we got the decima. We're brilliant. Yeah, you're not good. Well, there's, there's, now. There's, teams, there's teams in England that are in League One that have got more history than teams in the Premier League. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you automatically are a better, bigger club. And and I and I would argue that it's, it's two different perspectives. Are you looking yeah. at a hundred years of history and who was the best then, mm. as opposed to are you watching football now and who is the best now? Yeah, uh, and those are two very different conversations. I, I think, think it smacks of a lot of snobbery and this whole sort of closed club thing. You mm. know, it really. Is highlighted by the way that the, the sort of Spanish, the La Liga, not even Real Madrid and Barcelona themselves, but La Liga even um, reacted to, to, to the Neymar signing, for example. Mm. I think it's just, you know, we only want five or six really rich clubs, so we don't have, have too many people to compete with each year, even if they're losing to be like only to CSK and Moscow. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, yeah, we, we want at least a, a free run until the quarters or the semis of the Champions League and then we can start worrying. I think there's an element of that and I think the same in England. You know, our league is by far the best and we'll let Real Madrid, Barcelona and Bayern Munich pretty much join our little club, but no one else. And I think they're all a little bit worried that there is another team that is able to Could compete financially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and there's and I and I do also think that there's a lot of jealousy about how you know Paris is is a beautiful city you know has a has a huge appeal and I think there is that little bit of jealousy about certain clubs you know um, I'm sure we have listeners from Manchester I'm not going to slate Manchester but it's not Paris um, and it never will be and I think if you have the opportunity to live in one of the two cities I know which one I'm going to go to but that's just my view the only other thing I wanted to add to this before we go on to Leon um, was which my other argument which is also a beautiful city which is also indeed yeah my amazing other amazing food if you ever visit just so I'm told. you know take take stretch pants it's <laughs> the, the restaurants oh. wearing those as it is more, yeah, yeah. more restaurants per square meter than anywhere else in the world. yeah but also more good restaurants per square meter I Plymouth is soon to be competing with that what we got going on here but that's another story um, my only other argument was um, that also in, in my opinion um, Man City do not or have not been giving opportunities to young players something that PSG are doing and I don't think there's any argument for that personally um, I really don't I, I think that if you look at you look at the players at Tuchel in particular is, is blooding at the moment I watch their, their youth team um, when they, they beat Liverpool a few weeks ago 
there's, there's a very bright future there. Man City, you know, wang on about, oh, we've we signed Phil Foden to a new contract. Yes, and you're also going to lose Brahim Diaz. You've lost Jaden Sancho. And I can't remember the last homegrown Man City player that came through the system. So, well, with all the criticism of, of Rabiot, yeah. he has been given chances by PSG. And remember, he actually did, he did come from Manchester. I think we, we yeah. need to be looking at Nsoki and Kunku and various other DRB. players yeah. to, you know, yeah, yeah, make that point because it, it's been a perennial problem, mm. but it does look like Tuchel is taking a slightly different idea. Maybe because he feels more confident in the league, so he's giving more space there, which I think was what we always felt Emery could have done in the past. Mm. You don't need to win every game by five goals, play some kids, give him some time in amongst the other guys, mm. and that is a bit more what's been going on and the fact that you know PSG's last two games are draws they will not be you know 38 out of 38 this season no team can and that's but that was something that was being labeled yeah you know being genuinely discussed and so Bordeaux and Strasbourg Strasbourg who have a bit of previous in uh, the messing up PSG's situation <laughs> stakes and that's actually a good thing. We don't want them to be perfect. If they won 38 out of 38 and we never saw a teenager, I mean, that would be so depressing. Hmm. So I think it is, is you know, they, they are focusing on the Champions League, obviously. Um, and they've got a lot of wiggle room to plug those new guys, give them more time. I mean, yeah. has been great. Yeah, great. You know, you've got a lot of a lot of players there who could pick off some of it. Like you say, you know, left back is maybe a little bit of an edgy situation. Someone can come in and and have a crack at that, and I think that's something that is more positive this season than maybe we've seen in last seasons. Yeah. They're, they're far from angelic, but they're certainly not the devil. That's how I'm going to underline that with. But we should, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, should um, wrap up the show by talking a bit of Leon because they're also in action uh, tonight at time for Calling Gate Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, I believe I'm right in saying that a draw is enough. Um, um, as far as I can tell from my spreadsheet, it's all a bit yes. confusing, but uh, yeah. It's draw. actually the, the only. Um, uh, Fifteen of the sixteen teams have already qualified. This is the yeah. There. there is an opportunity of yeah, which is why you should keep your hands in your pockets, people who like a bet. Don't bet on anything tonight. It's not worth it. Um, but yeah, especially with Liam. But yeah. we, we have been asked uh, uh, a question. We got in from Corey Michael, who is Corey MC12 on Twitter. A prediction. For Leon tonight against Shakhtar, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to beat Shakhtar. Um, I, I, I think I saw um, uh, the pictures of. The, I think they're playing tonight in Kiev, mm-hmm. and the pretty chilly. state of the pitch this morning for the youth team cup was it's frozen solid and the snow. Mm. So I assume this was going to be one of the early games. It's going to be absolutely freezing. Yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't particularly no. good when when Arsenal played out there recently. Either so that I I think we might be looking at raw here. Mm. Uh, I, I 
Now, I Shak- a... if Shakhtar win, they would qualify. So yeah. that's the concern. This could also be a little bit violent. Yes, my fear. But what's yeah, well, overall? Um, if you look at the group, and as I say, we don't know the result at the moment, but They're unbeaten. Yeah, they, they've I been think, really impressive. We kind of forgetting amongst all of the red results for the rest of the French teams in Europe. Yeah, unbeaten in the Champions League that is really impressive. What have you made of them, Jazz? What, what have you sort of thought from that? I mean, particularly the two Man City games, because again, to hark back to this, oh, it's a Farmers League crap, which is what it is. Um, not the league, I mean, I mean the, the, those opinions. But they, uh, for me, they played Man City off the park twice, for me. Um, yes, City had chances. Yes, City were good, but you would expect them to be. But I thought Leon were in control for you know 90% of, of both those games and, and probably deserve to beat City both times, if not at least once. Um, and that sort of just goes to show that you can get a tune out of them. But then in Liga, you just never know what Leon are going to turn up. So is this a sign that, that they are actually just ones for the big occasion? Um. I mean, they do. They do often seem to play like that. Nika as well. They're, they're, they're occasionally not turn up against teams. They always seem to raise their games against so PSG and, and Marseille, for example. Um, despite that five nil, which really wasn't five nil in terms of play, um, it, they they seem very kind of not French, but French league in the sense that they sort of veer from inferiority complex which which holds them back to these sudden moments of, of brilliance and it's frustrating because you just think why can't you do that more often and um yeah the you know it's it's before the last match it's it's difficult to say how their their campaign has gone because as you said unbeaten four points um out of out of six against um city but in uh, in the five matches they played, they you know had to they gave Chaptar a two 0 head start in, mm-hmm. in one match and won the other one against City, and then the other three they threw away leads several times. And although unbeaten is great, they should have been long since qualified. And the fact that they, you know they've left it with with, with a, a tough match to get through tonight. Is, is really frustrating and it's classically and to me classically gap. You know, however bad the French teams have seen this 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 year in all the European competitions, it's it's frightening to see how many last minute goals they've conceded, for example. Mm. And take them away and the situation would be very different in, in the Champions League and the Europa League. Um, mm. and so it's, it's frustrating that there's players who you can see them now are so talented and occasionally they, they go missing and I don't know if it's an attitude thing or as I said an inferiority complex thing that sometimes they think they don't, they don't deserve to be there. I don't think to fight well I think he thinks he doesn't deserve to be at Lyon, he deserves to be at you know, Real Madrid or something but just wish that, that some of the players occasionally had, had a little bit more belief Saying that they retain that belief in 1994 minutes rather than 80. What's what's their ceiling, Phil? What, what's I mean, what is there? Because I I think even in our our, our deepest of heartest of hearts, 
I don't think Leon are, are going to ever win the Champions League at, at this particular time, period of time. Um, but but what what is their ceiling? I mean, are they are they looking to make a quarter or semi final like Monaco did that that yeah, season? Why not? I'm, yeah. they're they're good enough. Um, the defence sometimes has some issues, but sometimes players are blinder. Um, they are okay. They're fourth at the moment in the league, but second to fourth are playing a game of weird chicken, which is is not going to stop anytime soon. I think um, they are they are a very good team. They have moments of magic in them. So yeah, maybe they they'll get knocked out by one of the really big guys at some point. But yeah, quarter final, semi final, why not? Go for it. Mm. They've they've got they've got it in them to do that. They've also got it in them to, you know, fall over and, and get sent off and various other things that Raphael can do. But you know, they they have the potential. They're not consistent. That's the issue. But in a knockout competition, well, you know, consistency is less of an issue than in a league. So, yeah, why not? And and um, from a cynical point of view, Jez, is there an element of shop windowism here? Um, you know, is is uh, Monsieur Olas sitting there rubbing his hands gleefully together in a, a Daniel Levy slash Inspector Gadget Doctor Claw fashion? Um, Sort of saying, Did I'll Dr. Claw rub his hands together because that would be Claw. You, you never saw his face. Did you only ever saw his his hand come down? Claw, claw. Yeah. Um, ironically, but uh, yeah, is that is there an element of that, Jez? Is is there this sort of you know these these players not playing for a move, but putting themselves in that shop window when they look at the likes of of Lacazette and and Fakir, who we know probably could have left in the summer or had the opportunity to had it not been for Liverpool messing around. Is that is that the sort of the, the shop window they're looking at putting themselves in? I think the only one I'd give in this train for a minute or not But he's been doing that since he got there, so frankly yeah. it's not that big a difference, is it? I think I think here in a way is playing I suppose he could in a way say he's playing for a move. I mean if if he wants to lose he, he needs to start finding consistent form because his you know his his transfer fee will be will be plummeting at the moment, partly because of injury nickels and partly because of the injury nickels he has been playing. But for the others, the Mendy or Arua or Mbele, Tussar as well, yeah. If and when they go, they'll go for a lot of money. Mm. <laughs> you know, an extra million or two here or there would be would be lovely for the coffers, but I'm sure all that knows that he's got a couple of. Yeah, but also all us, all us is a canny operator. I was just going to say, he's all of them are worth a lot of money. Mm. He's not going to sell all of them because no, that would, because he'll, that he'll would look then at Monaco, surely, you know, press the prices of the other ones. You yeah. only need to sell one, and you and you and uh, if surely you just named a four really good players. If they hold on to three of them, that's good. So Mbappe is the one for me. I mean, he he's he's the first one that goes for big money, not because I mean I I actually think um, our um, it is probably just just as um, saleable, if you will. But the thing I like about um, Dombele is he he's he's very much his style is it is in vogue, isn't it? You know, big, yeah. powerful, strong, combative central midfielder who can attack as well as defend. You know, and people will look at Angola Kante, for example, and think, hey, we've got another guy from the French league, let's take a go. And it's not like you're signing Zambo and Gisa here, is it? it you are signing what potentially is 
the finished product at his age yeah. with the potential to achieve masses more as he grows older. Mm-hmm. So, you and know, he's also significantly taller. Which yeah, I know it sounds stupid, but is no, that... it's it's what people look for, isn't it? That you know they yeah. do look for certain attributes. The I, I other... just think he's, I think he's the better player at the moment. I think Arya yeah. has the potential to be, but yeah, the thing is a lot less consistent. He still has four games, but it's in Dembele where he I feel, I feel with our um, his type of player, his next move is critical. If he goes down the route that we've seen so many intricate, tricky number tens or linked midfielders, yeah, basically what. Well, was, I am thinking of I, I or still or, haven't forgiven them for what they've done to various members of the Montpellier squad. No, the other one I'm also thinking of is Adam Unas at, at, at Napoli, yeah. who's yes, he's getting a little bit more time now, but he was. Uh, you know, he's exceptional, uh, Bordeaux, and, and then it all went a bit... harsh on our words compared to Oh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think they're different players, but you know what I mean? I, I mean, just taking that, if you take that wrong move, um, another one is is uh, Caramo at Inter. You know, I just think if you if you take too big a step too fast, unless you are super, super ability, you, you are taking a massive gamble. Equally, you don't want to leave Leon and sign for, like you say... You know, no disrespect to our Geordie friends, but Newcastle, and then no, your you talent is wasted. So he, but the thing is, you can look at all of them and make a good argument that they should just stay where they are. All come to Arsenal. I mean, it's I don't, you know, it's, I'm fine with that. It's not a problem. Um, sorry, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the one thing that we can say about Leon is. If, if you haven't had the opportunity to watch them, do. Because you never quite know what you're going to get if it's in, in Liga. And if they're in the Champions League, they're probably going to overperform. So, um, uh, yeah, we, we shall see how they get on tonight. They've just got underway in a, a very, very chilly-looking Kiev with the old orange lines. You've got to love that. Oh, I feel balls. cold just watching the footage. Yeah, matches the Shakhtar kit, which is one of the best in Europe, but still. Okay, um, good stuff. So, I, I think, we, obviously, we all hope that, that Leon get through. Um, the draw is after Christmas, isn't it? In January, they do the draw. For the, I have no idea. There's so many draws at the moment. All over the shop. We just it? had the Coupe de France draw. Yes, that was what we were going to kind of wrap the show up with. Um, uh, you, you've got a couple of games. Well, it features a couple of um, long-term cup botherers from the lower leagues who um, I'm sure we're all familiar with, particularly me and Jez, <laughs> writing the previews every, every year. Uh, Les Herbiers who uh, obviously were finalists last year. After the final, they got relegated. So they are still in it from National 2, which is the fourth tier. Uh, they will be playing Tor, who aren't very good. Bergerac, another one of Jez's favourite Classic series, yes. Uh, we'll also, are also in. Uh, they'll be playing Nyon from Ligue 2, we've got Ryan Latap, we've got Kamear FC, who will be playing Monaco, who frankly I'm I'm betting on Kamey there. Uh, but we've got uh we also sixth, got Atlantic Yeah, sixth and seventh tier teams still in it, including Moff Martinique, Aiglon Le Lamontaine, who will be playing Ligue 2's Orléans. Uh, they'll be flown over though rather than anybody getting to go on a holiday uh, but yeah so from the seventh tier we've got uh, one big clash is Strasbourg Olympique playing Saint-Étienne 
So that's going to be a potential banana skin as we get ready for the Magie de la Coupe uh, kicking off in January again. All Good very time. exciting, uh, but yeah, les herbiers, go, go, go. There's yeah. also, there's, um, it's a bit of a quote, but there's only one all-league yes. guy, which is Toulouse against Nice, but there's quite a few juicy-looking Ligue 1 versus Ligue 2, which mm-hmm. include Grenoble, Strasbourg, in the case, in the sort of yeah, in the, in meeting the of the two derby. Feet. Well, I was thinking the Phoenixes and the Flames. I, I was thinking <laughs> Raclette, but they... <laughs> Um, there's also Lille Social, which I think would be relatively tough match for Lille. Um, Ren Brest, which is that a derby? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, so, anyway, we. We will be trying to cover all of these, so previewing all of them. So if any of you listening are fans of any particularly lower league club involved in the post-Christmas draw and you would like to write a couple of hundred words uh, on your teeth's draw, please do get in touch because it's a big job Um, and, and we would appreciate your assistance there. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, well, that, that's pretty much it for this week. As I say, we, we can't make up games that didn't happen. So uh, yes, um, we, we, we could pretend, but we, we won't. So we'll, we'll focus on what has been. That would be fun um, though, wouldn't it? I mean, oh, it would, do yeah, a just... whole part where we just imagine a match that happened because everything else was so dreadful. Gangomp shock PSG and eight nil win. Um, yes, but uh, that didn't <laughs> definitely didn't happen nor ever will. Uh, but yeah, we will be back next week. Um, we haven't discussed the uh, the time when the the bearded man comes down the chimney yet, so we'll have to work out that uh, between us all. But we will probably take a bit of a break for, for Christmas. For what? Sorry. No, it's noticed that Lucas Tussard has a beard. Oh, right. Okay. You completely threw me then for a second. Um, Yes, we'll uh, we'll be taking a break at some point, but we probably will have a show next week, I think. Uh, So stay tuned to the Twitter feed for that. Hopefully we can get get Rich back. He was um, a bit poorly this week, so we hopefully have him back next week. Uh, I blame... The uh, the beer run he went on last week, Rich. If you're listening, that was that's what it was. Um, but yes, we will we'll have that for you next week. Um, stay tuned to our Twitter feed as usual. Uh, obviously, find out which matches are actually happening. Read my mind. Yeah, exactly. See what actually goes ahead. Uh, if any matches go ahead, enjoy. If not, then uh, we'll be back next week to uh, to pretend what happened because we really won't have anything else to talk about. If not, but if there's something that uh, that you do want us to discuss, or if there's topics you want us to delve into um perhaps for a little bit of a kind of pre-christmas special give us a nudge we'll do our very best to discuss your team or players um, whichever you may wish you might just be a, a fan of an english team who wants to talk about which players you're going to pillage from the league and what uh, what they're like so get um get tweeting we'll see what we can do um but yes until then uh might just remains for me to thank phil and jess thank you very much for both joining me this evening thank you thank you and as I say, if there is any football this weekend, enjoy your French football. If there isn't, get on your FIFA. Until next week, we'll speak to you very soon. <laughs>